now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. Football is officially here. It is game day. <laughs> preseason game game day still Patriots football is officially back no more prognosticating no more predicting as much as one can predict when it comes to offseason and preseason and whatnot past Giants tonight Rich Hill Ooh. for the first week of the preseason as opposed to the last week of the preseason which is a little weird on the plus side usually when the Patriots play the Giants in week three or four of the preseason none of the starters play and we're looking like that's the case again tonight so uh on a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you for this game, I guess? Uh, oh, boy. Hey, Alec. Um, yeah, <laughs> this is football, right? I guess. Uh, technically speaking, the Patriots will be playing their first game. Um, that's all I got for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Fair so enough. the Patriots are hosting the Giants 7 p.m. Uh, tonight, which is Thursday, the, the 11th of August. Uh, yeah, Mac Jones stars aren't expected to start. I, I Honestly, I think that... The, the very first preseason game is so messy, and it's more just, like, excitement to open up all of your toys that you received from the holidays, you know? I mean, this is, other than the determined starters, and this will honestly be a good way to figure out who the team considers the starters to be, uh, this is just a good first chance to see how some of these new players are performing. Uh, and some of those names that uh, maybe didn't play super well last year, how are they going to emerge? Um, but this is going to be the the Brian Hoyer and Bailey Zappi show. So, um, Alec, I don't know, what are you looking for from this game? Yeah, no, it's a good question. I think you made a good point. I think the most important takeaway I'm going to have from this game is who do I not see at all tonight? Those are the guys at the top of the depth chart. Obviously, we know the the, the, the obvious starters, but there are some potential groupings in the secondary, for example, maybe the safeties. I'm very curious to see who's out there on the, the first series. Usually I, the starters will play a drive or two, and then they'll sit down. I was hoping to get at least one drive out of Mac Jones, but I'm okay with them sitting. It's really who I'm seeing out there starting uh, from, from the first go. But in terms of what I'm looking for from this game, I'm not going to talk about the Giants at all because, again, who knows who they're trotting out there. That's a whole new system. I don't really care about the Giants. This is a Patriots podcast. I'm looking for – a couple of things. I guess we'll start on the offensive side of the ball, Rich. I imagine, even though they're saying all the starters are sitting, I'd like to think they trot out the starting five offensive line. Think that's a reasonable assumption tonight? I, I feel like they kind of have to, just from like a depth chart perspective, even if it's just for like a single drive. But the fact that like we haven't seen Isaiah win on the right side, and Cole Strange is a rookie, and Michael and Wayne knew this would be his first real attempt at guard replacing Shaq Mason, and David Andrews is coming back from his surgery. I feel like there's enough moving pieces in this unit where it'd be like good to get them one rep. If they don't do it, yeah. I wouldn't be super surprised. Um, but I, I think it would make sense for them to get at least an initial drive. You know, like keep the starters who played a lot last year out of the lineup. Like we don't need to see Damian Harris. We don't need to see Jacoby Myers. Uh, we don't need to see like Hunter Henry. But like for this offensive line, which is new look and like has really been struggling, according to all of the the reports coming out of camp over the past week. Uh, and like they're trying a new wide zone uh, sort of rushing attack. There's just enough changes that it's worth giving them some real experience, uh, even if it's just for one drive before benching them. Yeah, I might mean, hope it's more than one drive personally, because pretty much every single player along that offensive line is playing a new position. 
Trent Brown's playing left tackle for the first time since his first day with the Patriots in 2018. He's a right tackle through and through. As you mentioned, wins on the right side now. Owen is a guard. Cole Strange is a rookie. And David Andrews is a solid center, but he's had surgery. So, I mean, those guys really, really need reps. And this is going to be a team that lives and dies by its offensive line. Most teams do. This isn't like a, a crazy statement to make. So I think all the reps you can get with keeping that chemistry getting it going, I'm hoping that, that that is something we'll see at least for the bulk of the, the first quarter, if nothing else. And again, like I said, I don't know how many offensive linemen they can really trot out there and how many combinations they're going to try. <laughs> but if they want to go and give some some different looks, I'm fine with it. But I want to see the offensive line starters for at least a couple couple drives. Uh, how about yourself, Rich? We're looking for on the offensive side of the ball. Anything in all you can take away from this one? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking for some of these wide receivers. You know, I, I know that uh, you have some of the veterans. Like, I would be surprised if Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, and Kendrick Bourne played. Uh, I would also be a little bit surprised if Devontae Parker played, but I don't know if he would get that same you know opening drive situation that the offense of line did but the players that i think will really get the opportunities out there are taekwon thornton trey nixon and then ty montgomery i expect ty montgomery to play a little bit of running back a little bit of wide receiver um and i'll throw in christian wilkerson as well you have all of these players that i, I think are either vying for actual time uh in the from camp taekwon thornton uh has been showing up enough that it's worth considering him as a potential contributor as a rookie uh maybe not like a world beater but just playing at least a little bit of a role and then there's Christian Wilkerson, who's someone that uh, has always played well when been given the opportunities, but just based off of the numbers game, I don't know how he makes the roster. Uh, I, I think just the depth at the wide receiver position, I'd love to see who stands out there. Um, and then we can throw in uh, if Johnny Smith is playing or not, uh, just because of how uh, not great his, uh, his initial season was with the Patriots. I'd love to see if all of these positive reports coming out over the summer are actually going to convert and convey to his production on the field. So you think that John New Smith may get some reps tonight as opposed to me giving the non-Hunter Henry, non-John New Smith tight ends, Dalton Keene, those guys, uh, some reps instead? I, it's a big question. I, I think that John New Smith is a roster lock, so maybe it's not worth putting him out there for this initial game. Uh, but also, like, is does he fall into that category of veteran that like hasn't proven enough that he deserves to have the time off or like uh you know hunter henry has the injury history so like all right put him in bubble wrap i'm fine with that uh but like i i, I would say that johnny smith and nelson Aguilar are in the same camp of if they play then uh, I wouldn't be surprised by it and Aguilar a little bit more so than smith just due to the depth chart uh where does the team currently view them as it relates to being a roster lock or not? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I, I, those guys were kind of leaned on very heavily as rookies in that last kind of year of, of Patriots football with Tom Brady. They've done they've done nothing, which is why they went out and got Hunter Henry and Smith in the offseason last year. But I don't know. I think they still have a, a spot on the team. Maybe one of them makes it. Maybe they're competing for like a third tight end spot. So that may be a, a fun preseason camp battle to watch that people aren't talking about quite as much. Um, how about this, Rich Hill? If you had to guess how much of this game will be split between Brian Hoyer and Bailey Zappi? Like every other quarter, does Brian Hoyer take the first half, Zappi the, uh, the next one? Uh, how's it going to work out for you, do you think? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they did half and half. Um, you know, Brian Hoyer gets the first half, Zappi gets the second half. I also wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Mac Jones gets uh, in like next week, because I, I feel like this is like a three-week plan. As Mac Jones gets a half, and then Brian Hoyer gets a half uh, next week. And then in the final week, we just see if Zappi gets the entire game. 
Um, but I, I think that they just want to get Hoyer some reps in just because he's coming back to, um, and like he'll give these wide receivers and these tight ends the best opportunity to play with like an NFL caliber quarterback that like has proven experience. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see Hoyer up there for a little bit. And then when Zappy comes in, that's when we're going to see like the little Jordan Humphreys and Josh Hammonds of the world uh, playing out at wide receiver um, and likely in the second half. And I think that it's going to be uh, not through any fault of their own, but just like a completely different caliber performance in the second half. I completely agree with that. And again, I don't know how much they're going to air it out, if they're going to run the ball a lot. The offense is always so vanilla in these preseason games. It's really hard to, to really gauge much about anything along those lines. Once in a while, you get some big play. You get those kind of Ramondre Stevenson 92-yard runs or that, that the who was it, Danny Etling with that 93-yard <laughs> scramble a couple of years ago with the Giants. Yep. Those were always fun, those random plays that come out of nowhere. But usually it's just they're running a couple plays and they're seeing who's what and who's completely doing nothing and who's standing out. There's always that preseason darling, which I want to talk about toward the end of the podcast. Uh, but it turns out I talked about the Ramondre Stevenson 92-yard run. You think Stevenson will start tonight? You think I'm, I, I agree, no, no, no Harris whatsoever. I don't see any reason to start any of the, the main running backs. See no reason to start James White at all. This might be a J.J. Taylor Kevin Harris show. Uh, what do you see with the running game tonight? Yeah, I, I wouldn't play Stevenson at all. I, I think that you'll see Strong and Taylor and Kevin Harris getting most of the play. Um, and then also like Ty Montgomery in the second half. I, the way that I kind of envision them doing it is that it'll be Pierre Strong and J.J. Taylor in the first half and then Kevin uh, Kevin Harris and Ty Montgomery in the second half, uh, just because I feel like that's how the depth chart kind of has, has shaken out. Um Recently, Strong has been playing a little bit over J.J. Taylor, which is interesting, but I think Strong also has that home run ability, so I'm very interested to see how he plays up there. Um, and honestly, like if they have like a really strong outing, you mentioned last week, like will would the Patriots consider trading Damian Harris? And I said no way. Um, but you know they traded Sony Michelle, uh, and honestly, like Ramondre Stevenson is the real deal. We know what we got with him, um, and the Patriots know what they have in the building. And if Pierre Strong is able to you know perform as well as Ramondre Stevenson did as a rookie, then like. I could see them trading Harris because he's, you know, at his highest possible value. They're not going to get like a third round, fourth round compensatory pick for him next season just because of, uh, you know, running back valuation. But if a team's willing to trade for him, then maybe they'd go for the capital now. And I could see them taking that move uh, if they believe in Pierre Strong and being the guy. So very curious to see how they go. Um, but yeah, I, I would not expect to see Stevenson out there, uh, or, you know, if he's out there just be for a little bit of a drive, just because I think he is too valuable and too important as part of, of this rushing attack that like might take a new appearance. You know, they're going to do that, that stretch wide zone, outside zone sort of situation with, uh, the Shanahan style offense. So we'll get our first good look at this. Um, but I also imagine that they'll mix it up. I don't think that they're going to fully redo their entire uh, offensive playbook. You know, I don't think that they're going to be starting from scratch. I think they're going to be adding new elements that perhaps they didn't have before. Um, and honestly, this is something that's also important to note is that uh, obviously we're not anywhere close to a finished product. Uh, this team is not done by any measure with regards to like the type of offense that they're going to play. And what always, always happens is the sky falls during the preseason uh, whether someone doesn't play or that doesn't perform. And then the first couple of weeks of the season is sluggish. And that's kind of due to just how the team organizes and breaks out their entire season. You know, like you have the preseason and the first quarter of the year is just figuring out, okay, preseason, who's going to make the roster? First quarter of the season is, okay, 
let's try everything and see what we're good at. Like, what can we do with the talent on this roster? The second quarter of the season is like, okay, we figured out like what we can and can't do based with the talent on the roster. Let's get better at it. And then the back half of the season is when the team's like, okay, we know who's on our roster. We know what they can do. We know what we're good at and let's get even better at it. And that's what they do during the second half of the season. And so this is, not just a first preseason game. It's just the first step of like seven weeks before this team gets its identity. And so there's just a lot for this team to prove. Just you wait till they start joint practices next week with the Panthers, Rich Hill, and all of a sudden the media narrative changes and people are getting lit up. Uh, I'm, I have no worries about it. And it's always funny how the Boston media does it. It's like, you know, the offense is struggling as they're trying to install a new system. And the narrative isn't like the defense looks good in any capacity. No, no, no. It's just the offense sucks. The defense also sucks, but the but the offense is just really, really bad. It's not because the defense is doing anything at all, but we're all used to that. It's been 30, 40 years of just negativity from the Boston media, so I'm not going to worry about it. Speaking of defense, though, Rich Hill, let's switch to that side of the ball. This should be an interesting one because, again, no starters. So I think of all the people that won't be on the field tonight, I'm most curious about who starts in the secondary. I know one player who's struggling a lot in camp seems to be Malcolm Butler. He might be a roster bubble guy. Uh, Obviously, the 2014 Super Bowl hero, retired, came out of retirement to play for the Patriots. He's kind of struggling, kind of behind the ball a bit, looking for a, a big chance for him to maybe even make the team at this point. So for me, it's going to be secondary, who starts, who doesn't, and then also the linebacker core, who they're marching on at linebacker, which combinations they're going to use, which rotation, because there's a lot of guys in the linebacking core that I think have a really high upside, high ceiling guys, but no one's really emerged to me, at least, in this preseason since Dante Hightower left. Still stay, he comes back, for the record, after the preseason's over, but uh, no one's really emerged as like a locker room leader. This is the linebacker guy. This is the guy we build a linebacker room around. So maybe over the coming weeks, we'll see a guy emerge in that respect. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, th- I think that what's so interesting about this defensive side of the ball uh, is that there are so few of those, like, these leaders have emerged, um, and also so few of, like, okay, these are the locks at starter. So, like, who's going to be the backups? Um, or, like, who, who has proven enough? And so, like, outside of Jalen Mills, it's open season at cornerback. You got Jonathan Jones, who's returning from injury. Uh, Malcolm Butler, as you said, has been struggling. You got a couple of rookies in Marcus and Jack Jones. Um, you have your safety position, which is settled. So you got Devin McCourty, Adrian Phillips, and Kyle Duggar that you know aren't really going to play that much. Um, but I'm excited to see Joshua Bloodsoe out there. Um, and, and then at the linebacker spot, you got Jawan Bentley. Um, but uh, I could see them. You know, he's been playing a new role a little bit with Raekwon McMillan in the middle. So they're just trying to get an understanding of like where does he fit in. But you know, we'll see Mac Wilson. I wouldn't be surprised if we Josh Uche, uh, Anthony Jennings, like a lot of these players of the linebacker spot. It's really just Bentley at the uh, off the ball and then Judon on like the edge positions. And I'm like, okay, they're definitely not playing. Everyone else is fair game. The defensive tackle spot is pretty set. Like, I would be surprised if we saw Barmore out there. I would be surprised if we saw Godshaw. Uh, Guy, I'm a flip on. Uh, I think that Lawrence Guy is a great player. He's been such a good role player for the Patriots defensive line. Um, but I, I, I think that uh, the way that he played last year is definitely not up his, to his like usual high standard. And uh, with the way that some other players have been standing out, uh, LeBrian Ray is the player on the defensive line that I am very, very excited to see. He's a you know former five-star recruit coming out of Alabama that went undrafted. Uh, he's my pick to be that undrafted player to make the Patriots' initial roster because he's been stellar. Um, 
And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots had a three-man defensive line of Barmore and Ray on the edges with Godshaw in the middle, uh, just because that's they, that's where the talent is. They have really talented interior linemen, um, and, and I, I think that this is a very strong part of that roster and gives them a little bit of leeway to be a little bit softer and lighter up the middle, uh, which would lead to more of that potential safety linebacker play, which is what I'm looking for. Um, but I, I think that... Uh, I am most excited to see how Ray performs, and I think he'll get all the opportunities to do so. Yeah, big dude, 6'4", 300 pounds, coming out of Alabama. Uh, great name, too, LeBron Ray. It sounds like a badass defensive lineman. You know, I'm a big football name guy, and he's got a really solid one. Uh, what do you think about yeah, Demarcus Mitchell on of Purdue? He's a little smaller. He's only like 6'3", 260. He's kind of more like a, a lineman. You'd almost make him a, a linebacker with a little more agility training. Think he has any shot to make the roster? Um, honestly, I, I think that the outside linebacker, like edge rusher position is completely wide open outside of Judon. Like they love Dietrich Wise. He's going to make the roster. Um, and then you have, uh, you know, Uche, Ronnie Perkins and Anthony Jennings that are all like possible <laughs> out there, but like none of them have done anything. Uh, so it, it's completely wide open. So like, I don't necessarily think Mitchell is like better or hasn't been seeing like opportunities ahead of them, but also like. I don't know, <laughs> like from a like who has proven anything. Um, there still is just wide open outside of Judon because, you know, Wise is going to be like kind of just that big edge line, like not even a linebacker hybrid. He's a defensive lineman edge hybrid as opposed to a linebacker edge hybrid. And so beyond Judon, it's completely open. Um, I, I would say that Mitchell is definitely on the further side, but Ronnie Perkins is a player that I'm excited to see finally out there. He got a little bit of his redshirt season last year. Um, he's had a very up and down preseason so far. Um, but, you know, if, if he can pull it together, that would be wonderful. Just because the Patriots just, honestly, they haven't been this shallow on the edge in a very long time. Uh, and they need someone to stand out. And so they, they you know, shipped off Kyle Van Noy. Hightower's not around. And this would be a role that I would expect him to have been a leader in just because there hasn't been any other talent. Um, and so there will be opportunities for these young players to step out. And I'm just very curious to see who's going to capitalize on their opportunities. Yeah, I mean, along that vein, for me, it's really more, I know it's not really a, a hidden name, but, but I feel like Josh Uche has just always been, like, right at the precipice of being a breakout player. The flashes of brilliance he's shown over his career so far, they've never really been able to kind of keep them consistent as a player. I really need him to step up this, this season for sure. This is kind of a make-or-break season for me. I'm not sure how much we'll see him tonight. Maybe tonight will be indicative of how confident they are in his abilities. If he's playing late into the fourth quarter, that might be uh, telling as to his role in the team going forward. But a lot of fun things to look for for the linebackers, not just who's in but who's out and how we go forward in that respect. Uh, in that respect, Richville, uh, let's talk about the last unit, the one where a lot of these guys will probably end up, the ones that <laughs> – Proved themselves tonight, which is special teams. Yep. Not the sexiest grouping, but Belichick loves them, and we've seen firsthand how important special teams are. We're pretty much set a kicker. Matthew Slater's a Patriots Hall of Famer, and in my opinion, a football Hall of Famer. We got Jake Bailey extended to as a as a punter. The real question mark for me is who is returning kicks and yep. who is returning punts. Uh, Tyquan Thornton has limited experience. He's a speedster. You feel like he might get some wraps up there, kick returner. But with Gunnar Olszewski gone, I feel like there are a couple of wide open spots at kick and punt returner for those fringe receivers, fringe running backs to make the roster. 
Yeah, no, totally. I, I think that uh, Ty Montgomery is going to get some opportunity on kick return, and I think that if he makes the roster on the offensive side, it's going to be because he adds that special teams value. Uh, and I, I think that, you know, the Brandon Bolden-esque, like, last running back on the roster, but he can fill that last wide receiver, last running back, and special teams role. So he has a lot of flexibility there. I think that's a lot of value. Uh, but then I would also mention Marcus Jones, who who's their third-round uh cornerback and return specialist coming out of Houston. Uh, he is just, you know, all American <laughs> as a returner. So he would be my top choice to get that uh, starting slot. I know we, we've had that with Cyrus Jones in the past, so I'm a little bit uh, cringing and not holding my breath or anything like that. But I, I think that Marcus Jones could be really special there. Ellis Hobbs-esque kind of just speed and returnability uh, to go with that Ellis Hobbs-esque size. And so Marcus Jones is going to be my pick to get that. So even though he's not totally a depth player as a returner, I think that he'll get that opportunity to, you know, get the field there. And in true Bill Belichick fashion, that'll be his likely path to get onto the the field on the defensive side is by proving that he can handle his roles and responsibilities on the special team side. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if by mid-year he's fully part of that starting defensive lineup. Do you see Marcus Jones doing both kicks and punts or kick returns only? That's a good question. I kind of see him doing both. Um, he was huge on punt returns, um, and, and he also does kickoffs. So, like, it's one where it's like he can definitely do both. You know, sometimes it's not just a one or the other. Ty Montgomery does have the history of kick returns. So I wouldn't be surprised by that. And then you also have just have Kyle Duggar, who is an incredible athlete. So there, there, there's definitely other players that could do it. Um, maybe even like Pierre Strong with his breakaway speed doing the kickoffs. I just think Marcus Jones would be my lock for doing the punt returns. Um, and then it's a little bit more open season for the kickoff side if they want to get someone else opportunities to be on the field. Um, but I, I think that Marcus Jones has shown the ability that he can do both. Yeah, should be a couple of guys out there. I think they like to play around with these two positions. So, again, if you're a receiver on the fringe, if you're a running back on the fringe, this is a good opportunity for you to return some punts and some kicks and make a name for yourself. Maybe J.J. Taylor sees a couple of part returns, all four foot six of them. You never know with these things. But it should be interesting. Again, Rich, it's not much takeaway in terms of actual analysis. It's more just what I'm excited to watch. It'll be cool to sit down and have a beer or two and watch a Patriots game. It's been a long time since I've done that. I'm looking forward to doing that. Uh, last question I'll ask, Rich, as we, we wrap up the first official football podcast of 2022. It happens every year, Rich. The preseason darling stands out, looks great. Everyone's excited about him, making noise, a couple touchdowns a game. Everyone's happy about it, and then he's just gone come week one of the season. <laughs> We're about to get our first glimpse into the 2022 preseason, darling. Who is your pick for everyone's favorite player in August and everyone's forgotten about it by October? <laughs> so this is why it's usually on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, very rarely is it anyone else. Usually it's a wide receiver or tight end, um, although it has been a running back in the past. DJ Foster was definitely that role. Um, yeah. I, I think the mix of long shot to make the roster, but like has some of that fringe ability uh, I'm definitely looking at that wide receiver role. Um, I think with Christian Wilkerson, we know who he is, uh, and we know what he can do, and he's definitely that fringe player. My money goes for Trey Nixon. Trey Nixon is that darling that Ernie Adams, you know, is his last pick as a you know part of the Patriots front office. Uh, you know, he has uh, really sh like got a redshirt year last year, but he's also shown that he's grown in leaps and bounds this year. Uh, some of the camp reviews is that he's one of the best at creating separation. Um, but also there's just 
a very, very slim chance that he breaks through this roster at wide receiver without injuries or other players getting traded. Um, and like, unless Aguilar gets traded, uh, and, and like someone else gets hurt, I see a very, very high unlikelihood that Nixon's going to make the roster. I could see him go to the practice squad, but he's someone that I imagine, you know, will get 50 plus yards and a score. Uh, at least twice this preseason, just because he'll, you know, get the entire game in the week three. Um, and then, like, I'd see him uh, just based off of the depth chart and the fact that, like, a lot of the starters probably won't be suiting up this week. I could see Nixon getting some play with Brian Hoyer and, you know, just playing with better talent will make you look better. Uh, and so I'm going to go with Nixon as my guy that'll stand out but ultimately not do anything. Like it. It's always a receiver. No, it's all. It's always a receiver. My receiver would be Lil Jordan Humphreys, uh, <laughs> another great football name. He's six. He's probably the tallest receiver on the roster. He's like six four. Uh, he might get a couple of really good jump balls, and he's the kind of guy that you know in early third quarter, late fourth quarter, we'll see a lot of reps. I can see him being uh, an impact player on the field. People are like, oh, maybe this guy. This is finally the year he turns it around. Uh, but in terms of the a different position, I'll go with Kevin Harris, the running back. Uh, I like Kevin Harris. He's 5'10", 230, big dude out of South Carolina. That running backfield is just so crowded. And with Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris locks and this change of pace back role, I don't really see a spot for him uh, on the roster this year. But I can see him busting out one of those big runs or maybe late in the game, just grinding yards out and really making a case for himself. And I always like the big workhorse running back. So I guess I'll go with Kevin Harris as my preseason darling I've forgotten about by, by October. Yeah, no, totally. And I, I think that Kevin Harris is someone that, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he got that redshirt season. I also wouldn't be surprised if uh, he was able to contribute. You know, what we were talking about earlier, if the Patriots trade Damien Harris, Kevin Harris is likely one of those players that's going to have stood up in order to do it. Um, and so Kevin Harris coming off of, like, a big injury, so he that's why he was available. But he was first-team All-SEC a couple years ago. Uh, and, and he has that big size. He has that breakaway ability. It's more a matter of, like, can he be healthy enough to do it? Uh, and if he is healthy, then he could put it all together, and the Patriots might have gotten themselves a bargain here. So very interested to see how he's able to stand out. Yep. So, again, <clears throat> only it's a matter of time. And, again, this is all just as meaningless as it gets. And nothing more meaningless, in my personal opinion, Rich Hill, than you and I trying to predict the score of this game. However, that's what we do. Tradition dictates that we have to do it. Funny, I've been using the same notebook for these breakdowns for the past, like, seven years or so, whatever it is. So I've got them all listed out here. And the last one we did, uh, you had the – you you won last season. You were the last one to pick. So I guess that gives you the privilege of kicking off the 2022 campaign with these score predictions. Patriots hosting the Giants tonight, 7 p.m. on NFL Network, I believe, or wherever your local station carries it. Good luck, buddy. What do you got? <laughs> um, all right. My prediction based off of not much. Patriots are going to win this game. Uh, all right. Something like 24 to 21 in a nail biter with Bailey Zappi leading him down for a game winning field goal. Oh, wow. At the buzzer. Love it. A Bailey Zappi comeback or fourth quarter drive. What a great way to start the career. All right. Just the hell of it. I'll just pick the Giants to win this one because that'll make it easier on myself. We come back next week to break down <laughs> this game and talk about the next one. I'll go with the Giants winning this game. Oh, I don't know. Let's just say 20 to 16. Cool. Perfect. Well, we'll see who's right after this evening. And Alec, until next time, you have a good one. You too, buddy. See ya. All right. Later.